podcast host Trey Roland. This is Trey Roland. Trey Roland. With another edition of the Rollcast. Even if I'm not your favorite, probably top five, top ten, top twenty. Either way, doesn't really matter. Hey everybody, it's Trey Roland. I'm back with another edition of the Rollcast. Dead nut center of quarantine, but I I picked myself off. Uh, I, I brushed the dust off, got the Dorito crumbs out of my glorious beard, and I, uh, I I got my shit together because I care about you guys, and we're we're bringing you back with with another episode. You guys may be taking it off, but we're not taking it off. No breaks here on the Rollcast. I'm here with my super producer Richie. Super producer Richie, say what's up to the people. How are we doing, Trey? Man, it's it's you know. It, we don't know what day it is anymore, but it's it's beautiful, and I'm glad to be back here with you again, giving the people what they want. Zero fucking clue what day, what minute. I just know by how many hours I have until my next Rollcast recording, as always. Weird fucking times. Hope you guys are staying safe. Hope you guys are staying sane. Hope uh, hope everything's going good. I know alcohol consumption's up. You guys are probably just like cranking it to Pornhub all the time. Just do whatever you need to do to get through get through these dark times. I'll help you out. We got a great interview today with Kurt Weiler from the Tallahassee Democrat. He's going to come on. It's probably going to be somewhat of a shorter show than you guys are um, used to. The reason behind that is you guys are going to get tired of my fucking awful voice by the end of this week because we're doing this. Um, I'm going to be on 24 seven sports on the bench podcast tomorrow, I think as part of their meet the beat series, obviously they are down to the, the lowest rung of the barrel. They are definitely scraping because they've asked me to come on. I uh, shamelessly said, yes, so I'm doing that tomorrow. Um, and then on Thursday, the big three roll up is doing like an NFL draft hangout, um, which will be great because you guys all get to see my reaction to the dolphins disappointing me. Like. I don't know, 12 times in the first round with all their picks. That'll be fun. So we're doing that. Richie, are you doing that too? Yeah, I think I'm going to hop on for the Bucks pick. So I'm really hoping for an offensive tackle or Jerry Judy. But, you know, uh, I'm sure I'll be disappointed and I'll make sure I'm good and uh, lathered up to where people can enjoy it as well. Be nice. Punter. Is Jason Lick still your uh, is there light or whatever? Is he still your GM? He is. Yep. He's the one who... um. And I, I think he gets a bad rap. I don't think he's been nearly as bad as Bucks fans want to say, just because our, our Ooh, franchise that's a is, hot take. Our franchise is not greatly run, but we'll get we'll get into that Thursday, and then I'm sure maybe next week's show we'll talk a little uh, draft recap. That sounds good. I'm uh, I'm predicting a 37 year old punter from BYU for you guys. Ah, speaking of draft picks, don't you want to like with all the control and time you have? Don't you want to pick? The perfect way your dick looks? I know I do, Richie. And luckily for you guys, this episode is sponsored by Manscaped.com, motherfuckers. With the free agency period done, no live sports on TV, literally nothing. Everybody's waiting for a Michael Jordan documentary that's going to anticipatedly drop tonight. There's increasing excitement around this year's NFL draft because, like I said, it's the only thing going on. The NFL draft's about new beginnings, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here to give your balls a new beginning. God, that's great copy. I love reading that copy. That's right. We're talking about ball and ball hair trimmers. That's right. Because Manscaped is the only company that offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels, and they rhyme real good. Manscaped's the only men's brand. Only one. Try to find another one. Um, 
if you do, I'm not going to pay attention anyway, so don't waste your time. But they're the only one that's dedicated solely to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. That means grooming and hygiene for your dick and your balls. Um, there's nothing better than finding a diamond in the rough in the fifth round in Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. will help you find that in yourself. When you trim the hedges, the tree stands taller. For some of our slower listeners, that means if you trim your bush, you will have the appearance of a bigger dick. Always good. Listen, guys, we've all been there. We've all been embarrassed. We've all been hurt. We've all been saddened when you're trying to trim your nuts, probably hastily because it's been a it's been a while right before a big date, and you nick your nuts. You nick your balls. You have a nice little ball cut. It's the worst. It hurts. It sucks. And um, it, it, the 3% chance happens where the date goes well and somebody does see your nutsack. There it is, a scarred nutsack. You can't, you can't recover from that. With the Perfect Package 3.0 kit and the Lawnmower 3.0, the waterproof cordless body trimmer, listen, that is a thing of the past because it's the third generation. That means the best ball hair trimmer. This is its, its, its son. The Lawnmower 1.0 is a grandpa, and now we have the Lawnmower 3.0. It's the best one that's ever been made. Richie, I appreciate the charity laugh. It's got advanced skin-safe technology. Ball nicks are about to be a thing of the past. Millions and millions of the Rock's balls are nick-free forever. Listen, not only do you get that, you get the Crop Preserver and anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizers. New subscribers, they get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer every three months, making sure that your dick and your trimmer is clean. So listen, limited time. Subscribers get not one but two free gifts. What are they? I'm going to tell you, you inconsiderate, hasty motherfucker. The Shed Travel Bag, $39 of value-added bag performance. And you also get the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. Listen, I do not own a pair of boxer briefs that don't have a hole in the crotch right now. I could really use a re-up, and Manscaped makes the best. It's the perfect package for your franchise quarterback. And by franchise quarterback, I mean you dick. 20% off plus free shipping. Oh my God, Trey, how do I get that? Listen, promo code Rollcast, R O W L C A S T. That's 20% off plus free shipping, one fifth off your entire order plus free shipping. Promo code Rollcast, R O W L C A S T at manscaped.com. Please do it. Uh, they've re upped with us because enough of you crazy sons of bitches have been buying their product and they just can't, they want to be, they want to, they want to. They want to be associated with the role cast. They want the prestige and the professionalism. So listen, guys, keep the Manscaped and the role cast together as the as the award-winning tag team we are and support them by going to manscaped.com. Promo code Rollcast. We'll thank you. Manscaped will thank you. But don't worry about us because most importantly, your balls will thank you. Richie, ready to get on, Kurt? Absolutely. I was feeling good. I know uh, it probably wasn't my cleanest my cleanest ad read ever, but goddamn, I had fun with that one, man. I am just, I'm a ball energy today. It was good. And, and, and again, shout out to Manscaped. I think by now they're probably our longest running sponsor we've had on the podcast. So we're, they've been great to us. Apparently our listeners have been great to them. So a lot of good stuff going on with this partnership. It is, it is great when you get like a professional and I feel like they're, I don't know where they're headquartered out of, but when you get a professional going great ball read ad today, it's like, you know what? That's a nice little, nice little pat on the back. You know, I feel good about it. Just like I feel good we're about to talk to Kurt. He is a Kurt Weiler. Hello. How's it going? How how are you doing, Kurt? How's it going, buddy? I'm good, all things considered. Oh, that's right. Always we always gotta have a qualifier in there. Listen, Kurt, you are on the roll well, cast. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're excited to have you, Kurt. I remember the first time 
we had like a, I'll call it like a quasi interaction. You and I were on the, uh, the tribe, one of Josh Newberg's tribe talk panels. And I listened to you talk and I go, holy shit, this guy's super nice. I'd like to talk to him. So Kurt, whether you're just pulling the wool over my eyes and you're just like a raging asshole or you're a super nice guy, I just want to let you know, we're excited to have you and you can say whatever the hell you want, my friend. So let it loose. Good to know. <laughs> Good to know. Noted. The excitement <laughs> is palpable. Well, hey, man. No, I am so, excited. I am excited. I've, I've listened on occasion. I can't say I'm a regular listener because I have a crazy list of podcasts where I struggle to kind of add anything to it. But no, I'm, I'm excited. I've seen all the other guys come on. I'm excited. Well, I, I appreciate that, Kurt. As long as we, if we sneak into the bottom of your feed and you forget to delete us and it just like does the autoplay, uh, that's where we get most of our listens. So I appreciate that. Kurt, can you get- I can do that for you for sure. Can you uh, can you give uh, the readers who are uninformed Cretans just a uh, just a little bit of a, a brief history of your background and what you're doing now? So I am I, I'm coming up on I guess what almost three years uh, not almost three years a little over two years at the Feels uh, like top Democrat yeah. covering Florida State. You no, know, this year has already felt like a whole year. That's probably why I thought so. <laughs> um. But covering Florida State athletics, I, I cover the football, I cover the basketball, baseball, and also I do a decent amount of the, the non-rev sports as well. I don't come from a background of that at all. I mean, FSU doesn't have a, a journalism school. I went to FSU. I, uh, I got almost entirely, like literally about 95% of the way through a degree in uh, choral music education. I was going to be a chorus Ooh. And then uh, some, some, some stuff happened. And I had the kind of realization or a divine intervention moment or what have you of this isn't what I want to do. Obviously, my mother was quite thrilled about the prospect of me getting 95% through a degree and not wanting to do that degree. So I finished with my degree in, uh, in music and I just got a BA in music and I added a minor in communications just at the last minute just to get it done because I had right. been in college long enough. I, I, it was time. So I, I was stringing. I, I, str- I was a stringer for the Orlando Sentinel. I worked for Tomahawk Nation for starting in about 2015. I actually worked for a little site that doesn't matter called Chop Chat before that. It's, uh, it's kind of <laughs> gone to shit, if you will. Oh yeah, to use a professional term, it's gone to shit. Uh, <laughs> but but me me and David back in the day, me and David Visser, Pat Noe, a couple other people did did good work there, and that's uh-huh. where I got my start. So I was I was doing that, but that was not paying the bills. So for about two and a half years before I got the Democrat, I uh, I worked as a aide, a teacher's aide in a pre K four classroom at a, a Catholic school here in Tallahassee. I'm not Catholic, but. God bless I, I you. Could, I could God bless cross, you. I could cross myself and do all that and, and fake it until I make it. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, so, up, so, down, and left, I'm right. Yeah. And I'm able to leave that. And so, but I mean, it was a, I didn't hate that job, but I, I very much prefer what I'm doing now. Well, you, you've had, you have interesting insight, not only being able to fake being a Catholic, which is a nice hidden skill I didn't know you had, but you've worked at two of the, so-called like big four like of the media outlets surrounding florida state you've got Knowles 24 7 war chant the democrat and tomahawk nation now tomahawk nation is kind of where you started out what are some of the things that you learned 
um, when you were working at Tomahawk Nation? And what are some of those things that you brought to the Democrat that uh, didn't necessarily translate that you almost had to like relearn? Um, so a big thing that's probably going to go over the heads of, I would say 90% of the people or just, it doesn't matter to the average person. A big thing I learned at Tomahawk Nation, thanks to Bud Elliott, not there anymore, but for a long time there, we built that site into what it is still, is search engine optimization is a huge thing I learned in terms of it. it basically, it's writing headlines in certain ways and, and getting, getting certain terms in kind of the URL that make it important for things to come up. Is it, that, I mean, that's what I really credit Bud for in a major way. Obviously, I learned a great deal about journalism, about building sources, about coming up with story ideas, all kinds of things like that from someone like Bud, who'd been doing it for so long, from someone like David, who'd been around a bit longer than me. And I, I mean, I, I also learned a lot about FSU, just in terms of I was in a Slack full of guys who, I mean, I was not, I was not an FSU fan growing up. I actually... Uh, my dad graduated from Virginia Tech, so famously, nine-year-old me in the 1999 national championship was—I uh, I had a, a different feeling than I would say just about everybody listening to this. I was on the other end of that, kind of devastated that that glorious uh, season came up just short. Okay, yeah. interesting. Okay, interesting. But so, so I really got an FSU history lesson from a lot of them. I, I started FSU in, in 2008. So I, I was there for I end about and into Jimbo. I was there for all of that. I was well versed by the time the, the kind of 2013-14 happened. But it uh, I, I, it was a nice FSU history lesson in terms of things not translating. I mean, to Tomahawk Nation's credit, they're better than this at this than a lot of SB Nation sites. Mm-hmm. They don't really trend too badly into being homerish. No, not at but, all. Yeah, that's a good point. But I would say there is still a distinction because, between kind of writing for an, a Tomahawk Nation and writing for a paper just in terms of you can get away with even less in, in, in that regard. I, so it's uh, not that that was a huge problem for me. I, I, I have long been able to distance myself from kind of the FSU fan who was screaming at the television before I started doing all this and I, I, I in a way I maybe so so I, I was past that but I, I had to kind of it, it was another tier in professionalism I would say in the word and it was doing it all the time I mean times like this if this if I was starting now I don't know what I would do I've learned so much about story generation ideas things like that that if I if I were starting the Democrat during all this I, I would be at a loss so I mean I'm grateful I'm not what are other than like you said, kind of the objectivity piece? And it's funny you mentioned the SEO thing because, uh, I, like, I contribute to Tomahawk Nation from time to time. They still get hits on a Jameis Winston crab leg story from like six years ago because yep. the SEO was so like fucking on point. Uh, but when anybody anybody Google's Jameis Winston crab legs, that's still the story that comes up because Bud was first because Bud broke that and because he SEO'd it so well. It's yep. it's amazing. It's literally. Does it like every yep. single day? It's always on the list, man. So that's really funny. But other than like kind of the increased objectivity, what were some of the other biggest differences that you noticed going from a like going from 
more of a targeted kind of fan, um, albeit, like I said, very heavy on the analysis. Fan site over to the uh, to the paper was there better access? Was there like higher editorial standards? Like what what else were some of the differences in moving over? Um, it it helped in a way with. During their times, Bud, I guess, not really on the FSU beat anymore, kind of dips in at 247, but not he does mm-hmm. kind of more national stuff all the time now. Bud and Jim, I would say, my boss now, Jim Henry, are two of the more well-sourced people. Bud more currently within the program, Jim more historical people. I think he, he was big for, he's, he's big for, if I need somebody for a story, chances are he might have their number and have a relationship enough where I can give, cold call them and they're cool with it, you know? Right. So that, that, that no doubt helped as well. Um, I mean, working from home was most definitely an adjustment. I, I, (laughs) I mean, I'm entirely doing it now, like so many, but I obviously have to go out in the field and interview a lot, but before it would be work all day at a place and come to my house and have to write after now it's chances are like, so every, every week I, I have a budget of, where I know and things unless things change and obviously news breaks I'm writing this on this day so it it really tested me in terms of time management in terms of staying focused at home I, I count myself lucky enough that I'm able to get the work done at my house I'm not the type who has to go to the uh, coffee shop or anything like that like I know a lot of people do just because they struggle to work from home but the temptation is is real in that regard and I mean it's also when it becomes your uh, full-time job, there's a, a, I think you're viewed in a different way in terms sure. of, I mean, it puts, it puts the impetus on having to build those relationships for yourself, as I've done with a number of the FSU coaches. And I mean, that comes with time, but it is much easier to do that when, when it's your full job, as opposed to when it's something you come home and write stories or come home and cover basketball games, football games on the weekends, whatever, after working a nine to five type thing. So I think I, 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 it put more of an onus on that. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a good insight. I, um, FSU is, and I don't know if it's a unique market, but I feel like it is to me with just how much, different coverage how much the amount the just the the volume of coverage that's on this program and i feel like every one of the big four uh media outlets has like uh i I call it a value proposition right like i am going to this website because like Knowles 24 7 they're very recruiting heavy you have war chant you have like established personalities like our show fell Corey clark that have like their own certain voice um, Tomahawk Nation does really, really good analysis, and um, a, a lot of the uh, a lot of the X's and O's stuff that I like. Um, what do you think is the value proposition for the Tallahassee Democrat? What do you guys think that you do that's um, that would that set yourselves apart from them? Like, what 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 do you think that the Democrats' value proposition is? The Democrat fits into an odd thing, and it's it's something that Wayne, my coworker, who's also on the beat, and I have kind of talked about in terms of. You, 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 everybody has to find their niche. I mean, the Democrats right. originally, before all the websites, was it in a way. But then Warchant came around, then Tom Nation 247 came, built into what they are, and it kind of changed things some way. I think the Democrat does, I mean, A, it is a brand name, and I think something comes sure. with that. I think being the stalwart, like it still comes with Warchant being the first website. And so I think some people still come to the Democrats purely because of that. 
given, I think I, I, maybe trending older, although I don't think that's entirely the case by any means. But I, I think a big thing that, that I know I pride myself on and I know Wayne prides himself on well is at, I mean, a very football-driven school, and don't be wrong, we give plenty of dedication to football. I mean, we've long since been, I would say, the, the foremost covers of baseball, which is a niche, but a bigger niche at FSU than a lot of other places, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Our, our, sure. The level of depth we go into there is, is greater than a lot of the other outlets. And I mean, I'm not, and I think similarly, the recent run the basketball team's been on, I think Wayne and I have really been, and I don't, this is going to sound a way like at the expense of anyone else, like everyone else does great work too, but I'm very proud of the sure. depth level of work that Wayne and I do on the basketball beat and additionally that I do in the non-rep sports and that's even a a smaller niche but there's also that niche that cares about it and I I am proud of the work I do in that regard of there are softball diehards and soccer diehards and and track in the field uh golf tennis all the above that there are people who care about those so I mean I I do take pride in being able to cover those and I also think that that I mean, with football, we normally only send one on the road. We send two sometimes, but I mean, I think we're we're someone who is always there and and is, is in that regard. I mean, well, being so present, and everything else still has a major presence in football as well. Because I mean, that's where a lot comes from in terms of clicks, obviously. Yeah, I agree. It's that is one thing too. When you do have the cachet, the kind of brand name of the Tallahassee Democrat, very right? the the most long established one. There is a certain resource pool that, like you said, you get to have actual eyes on everything. Now, Kurt, before we start getting into like the FSU-specific questions, I didn't mean to make this be such a cross-analysis. I'm just very interested. Um, I'm just very interested in especially somebody covering a, a sports program for a traditional newspaper in the year 2020. What do you personally like? What do you think is your specialty in terms of writing? I've noticed some stories that you've done. Um, a really good one that you just wrote on Odell Hagen's, like kind of like a not human interest, but like a behind like the coach sort of thing. Um, do you think is that is that sort of the role that you specialize in? Like, what sort of stories do you like to write? Do you think you're good at? And do you wish is there a certain type of story that you wish you could write more of, but there's not the audience or the time right now? Um. It's an interesting question that I've honestly not given a lot of thought to before. Ooh, well, of, go ahead. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I'll just kind of think out loud here, and we'll see what comes out. Probably uh, be very incoherent. So, It'll be profound, you uh, profound son of a bitch. Oh, of course, of course. No, I, I, so I don't come from it, and it, it's not so much that we don't have the audience for it in that regard, but I, I, and it's not so much because other people do it better. We don't really a ton of time takes time for X's and O's and that's fine with me because that's not my background. I have grown since I've been on the beat since 2015 and I've grown tremendously in my football knowledge since then. It's made me a much smarter watcher of football than I was all throughout growing up in college, all that. Yeah. But it's still not, I guess my area of expertise. I think I I consider myself, I'm not by any means putting myself in the echelon of some of the people who've been doing it a lot longer than I have, but I do consider myself, a uh, a very good feature human interest story type writer. I something I do pride myself upon as a writer sure. is finding a way to integrate angles that others might not think of. All on occasion, I, on the daily basis, 
when when so in the course of a football week, we're all getting the same people for interviews. They're not often giving you exclusives during football season. That's a real rarity. I, I pride myself somewhat on finding and finding an angle or finding a tidbit or finding a stat, digging for that extra thing that kind of separates my story. And I think that's something I do decently well. I'm proud of the detail I take. I can be very verbose in that regard, which thankfully is not a problem. We have, uh, I have an editor who's very grateful to let me, uh, let not ramble on, but be verbose. So in that regard, I'm, I'm grateful. And I think that's something I do very well. And if I had to highlight, I mean, what I'll say, anybody who considers himself a game story expert, I tip my cap to them because that is in my right, especially on deadline, the hardest thing I do on a uh, on a like as far as I'm concerned is mm-hmm. you can have an entire story written and then the last five minutes can change it entirely. I couldn't tell you with this basketball season how many stories I had to rewrite because FSU rallied when I had a story written that they were they had lost or <laughs> FSU blew a to hang on. It's uh that is is not I would say my strength, but it's another area I guess I can prove significantly but i guess if i had to to nail down one i would probably say as you said like human interest type stories i i i think i do well in in that regard in terms of coming up with ideas generating ideas and executing them i i like that too because some of the at least for me and i don't know if i'm the core target audience i am a you know self-diagnosed like clinical like psychopath but i enjoy like uh and the old bill simmons old website grantland they would take a they'd take a story, they'd take an anal an angle, not an anal, Jesus Christ. They take an angle and they go really long form to it. So I think it's interesting. Like you said, you've got all this coverage, you've got all these media outlets, you've got all these like these little these little fucking jabronis like me on the outskirts, like talking about this same cast of characters. How can I look at this same guy that's been talked about ad nauseum and figure out something different or a different angle? So I appreciate that, man. And I'm glad I'm glad you do that. And I think you should continue that work. Um, one thing that I'm interested in now is getting to the getting to the football stuff. Um, what are your you've seen three staffs since you've been really covering the team? You've seen Jimbo Fisher, you've seen Willie Taggart, you've seen Mike Norvell. What are your impressions of this staff now every and i'm going to challenge you a little bit here and if you don't if you don't have an answer don't make one up but everybody's initial impressions of the staff have been overwhelmingly positive now obviously that is has to be in comparison with how awful it got at the end of the taggart era i guess maybe during the entire taggart era but what are your impressions of the staff and are there any things that concern you not necessarily positive or just some things that we don't think there's enough um like, is there anything, I don't know if I want to say concerning, but is there anything that you're not sold on yet with these guys? Um, I, here, here's the thing, and, and I think this is different. I am of the belief, because I believe a lot of the, the beat is, that I feel like so much of the beat, because they got burnt two years ago, when, when yes, there were concerns, and it's easier to say that now, but there, there were some concerns then, but some people, I, I I think there was reason to be happy with a lot of Willie Taggart's first off season. And I think there was, uh, it was not a perfect off season, but I would say it was a very good first off season for Willie Taggart. And I mean, sure. obviously he burnt through just about all that goodwill. And I mean, it, it was gone and he never really got it back. Like uh, even entering years two, there was skepticism and it proved uh, to be correct. But yeah. 
the thing is, I think so many fans, I think so many on the beat, not in a, not in a biased way, but in a, just a healthy skepticism way. I think so many people went into that interactive press conference saying, well, I'm not going to be that impressed by this because it's going to take so much. I got burned last time. Yeah. They're jaded. They're a jilted lover. Yeah. He talked about war daddies and badasses and lethal simplicity. And I bought into all that. So I'm not going to buy it. And then the press conference happened and everyone kind of said, I mean, I'm going to buy in all over again, aren't I? Because this guy just basically (laughs) preached a sermon it was everyone and i mean everybody ate it ate it just ate and ate and ate it and opened up for the airplane that was coming i mean it <laughs> so yeah you're I right mean, and, and in the months that have followed i think he's done a lot to prove it was valid i think a big thing financially i don't know if we're going to get into that right now well, with, we with kind of the 20 with the 2020 season up in the air in terms of when it happens it I don't think it will come to this, but it bears mentioning if it happens. I think it, it obviously will, could hurt FSU if they take a financial hit that they wrote just fired a coach and had to pay a new coach and the, the financial that comes with that. But, but at the same time, I think in a way it may be worth it just solely because I think a coach like Mike Norvell is kind of the perfect coach with his level of organization to be running things right now. I, I have Good not, point. not been much that I that I haven't been impressed by. I've been pretty impressed across the board. I think that even entering spring practice kind of with the skepticism, similarly, like because we got burned before, I think you saw a lot of things more efficient. You saw better better coaching, better instruction, less downtime was a big thing. So many things good. The main thing that has me skeptical, and this is a, through new fault, no fault of their own, I think – an off season like this in your first off season is brutal. I think that it could hurt them not having, it's going to hurt anybody, any, any first year coach where what nine of the 11 coaches are new, not Mm -hmm. having almost basically all spring practice, not having a semester of meetings where it got interrupted halfway through the, the loss of all that is invaluable. And I don't think it's a long-term problem, but I think it's in the short term, it will be interesting to see how that affects because although everybody lost it, it is far more impactful even for Florida state than it is for say a Louisville or a Georgia tech, even, even those second year, that that's a pretty big difference. Those second year coaches opposed to a first year coach. So I would I think, be interested to see around mm-hmm. how the season happens, how that affects them, because I think that's the real only negative, And again, through no fault of their own. I think that's a really good point, too, because you're dealing with a group of players. Some, this is their third head coach. Um, An issue near the middle of the Taggart era was getting buy-in. Like, how do I get buy-in? How do I teach accountability? How are you going to – so now you've got a first-year head coach, a a, a roster that felt much like the beat did. You know, lied to a little bit, a little bit hurt, a little bit guarded. So you've you've already got to establish buy-in in a very difficult situation. And now you have to do that over a fucking zoom meeting with some of these kids. Like can, it's going to be really hard to get the buy-in. So I think that's, that that's a really astute point. Um, I'm interested too, just before we move on to some of the stuff that they've been doing over the, during this like virus hell that we're in, um, the coaching search, how was it to be 
at the Tallahassee Democrat during the coaching search? Um, how did the Bob Stoop stuff play out? I know that, you know, obviously at the beginning of the search, there were really, really strong smoke signals about the Bob Stoop stuff. I think Jim Henry sent like a, there was something that was sent with Bob Stoops in it. And for good reason, I, I know on some good authority that that thing would, I, I know why that one Friday, everything blew up the way that it did, but how was it? How, how was it being on the inside during that coaching search, man? How much sleep did you get? Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was wild because, so I started the Democrat January, it would have been January of 2018. So right after Taggart retired, I literally just missed, that was a Tomahawk nation during the last one. I remember I was at work. Tracking planes, man. Tracking planes. (laughs) Well, and and I remember that the one night with the Taggart thing where I was going to go out, I think and join Andrew Miller. I think I don't remember if Andrew went or not to go sit out at millionaire (laughs) <laughs> on the tip that uh, the Texas A&M plane was coming. And if I didn't have my day job the next morning, if I didn't have to like get my sleep, I would have absolutely gone out there. And I was okay with the fact that we didn't have to do any of that at that time. Uh, there's no doubt it was a, it was a uh, constant thing. I mean, it was from constant this name, this name, this name, this name, this name. And then Norvell eventually comes out and uh, us along with a few people ha- had, had heard it was, trending that way and it was just a matter of getting through that uh, AAC championship game that where Memphis beat uh they beat SMU I think or? Cincinnati yeah they beat Cincinnati Cincinnati that's right sorry but that's it right. was just a matter of so like we had a number of stories prepped ready to go just in terms of that and and then it switches to well here's a tidbit about maybe a coach and here's a tidbit about maybe a coach and thankfully that was much easier this time than it was last time but no it was a it was no. It was very interesting, kind of trying, because it's such a competitive time where everyone's trying to be on front. You don't want to be sure. the one to have to write in your title report this, or you want to be the one saying sources tell me this. And I, I, I mean, I will also say it's a it it's an interesting time, and it was a much better coaching search in terms of publicity and all that because you had a different ad one who was a lot more willing to talk publicly mm-hmm. I, I think i don't remember the uh david coburn quote it was something to the effect of if willie taggart got hit by a bus tomorrow urban meyer would yes be- yes we had the old bus accident postulating that was fun that was a fun quote i enjoyed but, that <laughs> yes that was thought uh, i think wayne got that so Wayne, I think, got that coming back from the NC State game, like riding in the car with uh, the guys from 247. <laughs> not, not NC State. It was a different game, but the, right. the point stands. Um, um, so y- you go from an AD who, didn't, who kept it very close to the vest and the, a coaching search that was over in a matter of days to one that, A, because you, you made the move so early, you were the first or second. I think you were the second firing after Rutgers who had done it well earlier in the season because you did it so early and because of the, I mean, just the, the state of things the the, know you're going to wait a while and the the big fish they were going after, it was a much longer drawn out search. So it was interesting in that regard. uh, The uh, stuff was what it was. I mean, it, it, was it ever close? No. Were there talks? Yes. Both of those things can be true. I, I feel like some in the aftermath kind of tried to make it seem like that was never the case. And uh, he, he, he took a phone call, you know, it's that kind of deal. So, I mean, sure. 
it was very interesting to track all that. And it was very interesting once it became clear that wasn't going to be the case, which I think may have been us again. I don't, I'm trying to remember, and I don't want to miss wrongfully credit us, but it then became, well, which of these other guys? And then there was the thing with the uh, press conference setup was ready that Monday and then got taken down. Did you ever figure, did you guys ever figure out what the hell that was about? Did anybody ever say what that was about that random Monday where they were set up in the stadium? Has that ever been confirmed? No, it's a it's a weird situation. I I I, I don't know. It's kind of I, I you have you guys it asked? Would you to believe they thought, it would lead you to believe they thought they had somebody, and yeah, and it and it didn't come to. And I mean, uh, is that something to where just uh, I I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but is that something to where? Is that a topic that when you're talking to people within the administration that is just non grata, like persona non grata, they just don't want to touch it? Or do you think that like, hey, you got your guy, everything like, would that be a question that somebody would be open to ask? Hey, guys, what happened with that Monday? Like, what, what, what was, did Norva, did you think he was uh, ready before he was? Is that something that anybody would ask? I'd be interested to hear. You would ask, but probably in a in an off the record capacity. Ah, uh, okay, think understood. Would be to talk about that on the record, just because it, a little it, embarrassing. It, yeah, it, it was not a great look. It was not a great look for those for those couple of hours of period where it was like, oh, it's over. <laughs> oh no, it's not. And you have to wait like six more days. So, no, it it that I is more that. something. And and also, I would say, without going into stories that I, I would would not that would not be good to tell. David uh-huh. Coburn, Coburn from sitting down with him, Wayne and I did very good in an off the record capacity. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. Well don't please, for the love of God, don't burn, don't burn anything talking on my little, my little pissant podcast. Um, no. So Kurt, uh, what do you think? There's so obviously the biggest storyline of the spring is COVID-19. What do you, what, we'll just, we'll take that out. I know it's going to be hard to do. We'll just throw it out. What do you think is the biggest story? Like what, before all that happened, what was your personal storyline coming into the spring and what moves like football specific moves that have actually been made? Do you think are going to have the biggest impact on next season? Um, I, I, I mean, my, my first thought for both of those, I, I, I say that I, my first two thoughts really for both of those are kind of the same in terms of, I thought number one, it's been a it's been a thing for a while. It felt like a coach, and it was another chance, another reset of an offensive line coach to to fix that issue. <laughs> yeah. And I wrote I wrote about last week. I mean, and and, and I think Alex Atkins, to his credit, is proven to be a very good coach. Has risen very quickly, and I think we'll do everything in his power to kind of work around it. I wrote about it last week how they're working in kind of the the mental side of learning not just your role in a play, but learning everything learning why the play works learning what the guy on the other side of the line is doing all that that's the, really the most you can do right now it's unfortunate for fsu that the position group that probably most needed spring is the one that's also gonna be able to kind of replicate the least of what they do in a individual socially distant quarantine setting i mean obviously it was the the fourth coach in four years for a unit that's been dreadful is uh is tough to this was kind of a worst case scenario for them and obviously it was a worst case scenario for a lot of people i think the other one you look at was a was quarterback Mm -hmm. i mean it goes without saying i I was interested to see it felt like a spring where and james could still win the job 
But I think with a strong spring before, I would say, in my opinion, his main competition, Chubba Purdy, arrives, would have gone a long way towards cementing himself, maybe not like as the starter, but as a clear front runner. As to where they kind of tried to enter in the spring under the auspices of, well, everybody's going to get first reps. And that proved to be true from us being out there at practice. We got to see the entirety of the first three practices. But I think those 12 practices would have gone a long way towards helping James just in terms of not solidifying the lead for a while, but putting it on the field, showing that he's the best of the three, which if we're talking all around, I I believe he is. I think Rodemaker and Travis both had their moments, but I think he, he, his best competition, his biggest, most realistic competition isn't here yet. And losing out on those 12 practices, whether they're able to be made up over the summer, whether the season gets pushed back, whether the season gets shortened, whatever the capacity is, it, it only helps Purdy's odds. Even though I would say I think James is still the front runner to be the starter whenever the first game is. And it does seem that Norvell's happy with the quarterbacks that he's got for next year. Um, USC transfer, uh, JT Daniels, Josh Newberg, Knowles 24-7, reached out to Coach Norvell, uh, not somebody that FSU is going to pursue, uh, which goes with his comments, I think, in January that they weren't going to pursue any other transfer quarterbacks. They were going to keep the room as is. We'll see uh, if that stays. I think Yeah. They, I think that if I'm just – hypothesizing i think they'd be more willing the problem i think with daniels obviously talented the problem is he's still relatively young i think if a if a primo grad transfer came on the market if someone could be a stopgap i think mm-hmm. that would they would jump on in a heartbeat i agree with that too i know I what think, they said but you can always easily qualify that well this guy wasn't available at the time you know what i mean so yeah. I, I agree with you yeah. kurt like you said like a like a jalen hurts type deal that happened last year if one of those type of dudes is available they they would They'd take them in a second. What are so you're, you guys? The the access to the coaches is unprecedented now. I, in my opinion, they've been very open uh, to credentialed media, uh, and the access. <laughs> thank you for the laugh, Reggie. Uh, the access is definitely there. So, what are the coaches saying to you guys um, about what they expect to happen for the rest of like the the summer? Like, what are they? Uh, do they have any expectations, or are they just taking it day by day, or what? What do they think is going to happen for the rest of in the coming months, Kurt? Much day to day. To 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 answer, I guess the first part. You're you're right. It is it is a totally unprecedented access of of. I mean, uh, we thought it was great. The the level of moderately increased access we got from Jimbo to Tagger. We mostly thought it was great that we got to see any of practice and talk to people out on the practice field instead of in the, the FSU building. This is, I mean, it's another level. Truly, they, they work with just about any request you make, be it you want Norvell one-on-one, be it you want a coordinator one-on-one. I mean, we're, we're talking to true freshmen, which was never the case. We're, we're talking to players that arrived, and we talked to Tate Rodemaker about two, mo- two months after he arrived. I mean, that didn't happen ever. So mm-hmm. I frankly don't know how, from a content standpoint, we'd be getting through kind of the current state of things from a sports angle without the kind of level of access we're getting. I think it's saving us as a Democrat, and I would say a lot of the other people at other outlets would agree, every outlet. So, I mean, they are taking it very day-to-day. Mike Norvell, well, some people have come out and, and made very firm statements, be it Dabo, 
saying, what did he say? Some of the effect of that he has faith in God that he'll... Yeah, as he's traveling, she's traveling around on his fucking Gulf Stream, like <laughs> looking at all the yeah. peons stuck in their houses and he's eating Papa John's on not his G5. Op- yeah. Not God. a good optics look. For no, him, but not, from that no. or from uh, Mike Gundy to saying his, we need these people <laughs> back because they need to make money for the state of Oklahoma. <laughs> Mike Norvell has much more taken a back seat in terms of not, not wanting to make any kind of claim or even really a projection. He's just talked about how they're, they're, they're I think the big, the, the really salient, and I thought prescient point he made recently on a, uh, on one of his calls where he does the weekly like video zooms with the, uh, with the boosters and the fans, was mm-hmm. he said, the, uh, the destination has changed, the path has changed, but the destination has not. I think his big thing is, that's nice. Sure, we're separated. Sure, we lost out on those practices. Sure, we're apart and have to do it through Zoom and we're working out individually and all that. But the goal is still preparing for the season as it currently is until we know otherwise. Prepare for the season like we know it is. And his big thing, get 1% better every day. I, I, from talking to coaches, I mean, it's changed a lot from recruiting. I actually wrote a story today, both on the football and basketball side, of how they're kind of adapting to virtual recruiting kind of in the current how age. How are they? But, yeah, give, give us a little preview. Uh, how are they? Well, it's online. You can read it. I, I, it's, it's up. It'll be in tomorrow's paper. Pay oh, for the subscription. Well. I mean, Pay for the subscription, people. It, Don't be it cheap. Is actually, you say that. It's a subscriber-only story, so you have to pay for it. Ah, the tease. Call that the tease in the biz. Well, they talked about, and a point I made in the story is that I think, kind of given the state of things, obviously, to be a coach in today's day and age, you have to be at least a little somewhat up on technology. But I do think, I think the average age of the staff, I think it's a little over 40. No one's older than 53. I think only two guys are over 50. Mm-hmm. I think that helps in terms of relatability, in terms of knowing those kind of things. I mean, a, they made a big thing they did that has been well-received is they made the uh, the virtual tour video that kind of showed off the facilities. And that's a big thing because they had so many visitors lined up who they all, the visits got canceled. Recruiting on per, in person has been shut down for uh, over, uh, over August, a month. Right? With really, well, no, only for now until May 31st. Okay, but I expect that to get extended. That that's the NCAA has only said through May thirty first. But yeah, no, I don't think I think it will end up being a little longer than that. It'll be for the foreseeable future. So that that's a big thing to show off. That I mean, there's obviously there's the FaceTime, there's the Skype. I know a big thing that that Chris Marr, the linebackers coach, literally the first day where they were allowed to contact recruits because up until April fifteenth, it was only the other way around. Uh, Recruits could contact coaches, not the not the other way around, because of the way the recruiting calendar works. But the Chris Mark tweeted, and he said, "Who wants to play Madden?" And I know a number of the other coaches are are doing that. They're just making themselves available, kind of in alternative ways. And I think the age of the staff, the football staff, that is, helps them in that regard. I think so. It is still very much up in the air. I mean. The athletic director, David Coburn, the other day said uh, that his thing was his quote. And this was an on the record quote that I almost couldn't believe because no one's really been this, this openly blunt was right. that they're preparing for a, a budget without football. Like they're, they're preparing many budget scenarios, one without football. He's like, none of them are pretty, but if there's no football, God help us. It's then so I, true, I saw though. Someone estimate, <laughs> I saw someone estimate that it would be a mid to high eight figure hit for a lot of schools 
if there was no football season. Oh yeah, from a revenue standpoint, I I agree a hundred percent. It just which is it, insane. It, I mean, that is more yeah. money than I'll ever make in my life. Like, but it's <laughs> insane to think that that's how reliant football paid for everything else. Truthfully, yeah, that's a hundred percent. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Um, a couple questions before before I let you go, and you can take a shower after talking to me. Um. Like we said, challenging times. You mentioned the age of the staff, the technological proficiency of the staff. Which of the staff do you think has thrived in this non-traditional sense? And which of the staff do you think has been more challenged than the others by this Twitch, Zoom, play Madden to talk to the recruits type uh, out, uh, environment that everybody's currently in? Um. I don't think it goes solely based off age. I mean, I think uh, I think a big thing with this staff that they've done very well is communication. They communicate with the team. They communicate amongst each other. They communicate uh, with media. So I, I think they're doing well. I think you're not going to see Odell Hagen start tweeting about, hey, play me Madden on, on who got PS4 with emojis or whatever. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Odell yeah, yeah. And rarely tweet. So you're not going to see that. But I think – a, I think today's day and age, even well, FaceTime wasn't the only way or texting wasn't the only way you are getting in contact with these kids. It was a big part of it. Even well, people could visit in person. Those other areas were a, a major part of recruiting as well. So they're not – like the, the base level stuff, if they're not kind of doing the extra, is not new to a lot of these guys. I mean, I think the big thing for, for someone like Odell, I mean, is a – it's, it, he's uh, recovering too. He had knee surgery. He'd been putting off for over a decade. A yeah. Total right knee replacement. He's still rehabbing at FSU. I think that's probably he, he's dealing with that, and I think he's going through a lot dealing with that because I think it's a pretty intense recovery. But I think even the guys, even him, and even Chris Thompson, who are the, the two guys over fifty on the staff, I think are still adapting pretty well. I think they're a staff, and I think a lot of it starts with the head coach, well suited for the adaptation. All right, so everybody's thriving. Nobody, nobody's, nobody's not handling these challenges well, huh? No, I don't think so. Okay, good. I just want to double check. I know. Now, listen. The, the most important question, and Kurt. Before before I ask you this um this vitally important question, um, let the people know. Like, uh, obviously, your articles are on the Tallahassee Democrat. What's some other ways that they can support your work? Because you do. I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. I'd love to talk to you again. Um, what's the best ways for people to see and support your work? Um, so I'm on Twitter is, is Kurt C U R T M Weiler W E I L E R. Wonderful tweets. He's a great tweeter. I, I pride myself on that. I appreciate it. I try not to have too many typos. I try to be insightful and not just say what everyone else is saying in, in games and all that. Obviously tweeting during games is chaotic. Uh, and all my stories will be there. I mean, obviously, yeah, a, a subscription of the papers. I'm going to be that guy that you've seen on social media pimping this out. And that's kind of what it feels like. But it's huge right now of all time. Of I mean, basically the the entirety of of USA Today staff is getting uh, furloughed a week each for the next three months. Oh, so, I mean, it's it's a trying time. And... Sports is we're, – we're doing what we can, but sports content right now is, is tough. But there's a lot of great new stuff on there if you're local. I think me and Wayne do enough 
on our own, just from the sports side, even if you're not local, to kind of make that subscription worth it. And I should say Jim and our family writer, Rory, I should include them as well because they do a great mm-hmm. job. But just uh, support local newspapers in a time like this. Always support newspapers, but especially in a time like this because uh, times are hard. I agree. In the, in, the, in the same way that people are supporting local restaurants and you should seriously take out, you know, do all that sort of stuff, support local restaurants, support your local newspapers. It's something that you don't know what avoid it leaves until it's gone. And when they're gone, they do not come back. Cause you got guys like Kurt, you got guys like Wayne, they're doing great stories. They're doing insightful stories. They're doing different angle stuff that I really appreciate. Uh, so continue to support them. Now, Kurt, I'm going to throw all that profound, deep, highbrow shit out of the water, and here's our final question. Are you ready to roll? Let's do it. All right. You have a, a bachelor's in music. You have in choral in choral music sciences. So let's just say you're at your, you're, you're at your favorite barbershop quartet, right? It's you and three other guys and the rival barbershop quartet. Let's call them the, uh, let's call them the Deftones or something. They want to start some shit with you. I need you to pick three professional wrestlers that you want in your barbershop quartet to beat the other barbershop quartet's ass. So I'll, I'll lay the background. I figured this might be coming. I knew I knew something yes! in this realm might be coming. I can lay yes! the background on wrestling. So I was the with my brother while I was in high school, probably 2005 to 2008, like hardcore, watch every week, buy every pay-per-view type. Oh, my God, Kurt. Oh, I should have known. In, in today's day and age, I am like the watch mania, and that's about it. Sometimes maybe other things. But I do have the network, and I, I watch the old stuff from time to time. But, no, I came up during Cena. Like, my first mania was the one where Cena first won the title. Oh, nice ruthless aggression. Yeah, uh. exactly. Who are you taking? Who's in your quartet? Man, I think I might I think I might just go like pure like size. Is the other so is the other barbershop quartet are they regular people or are they also wrestlers? Um they're gonna be they're gonna be mostly regular people, but um scary regular people. Like the type of people that do interviews for Spike TV's Gangland. So you're gonna need legit badasses on your team because you're going against like maybe a gangster disciple. Um, a warlock and a crip. Okay, so I- I'm thinking I might just go pure lord. <laughs> um, hmm. So I'm throwing in there. I'm going. I'm trying to think of all my people before I start listing them. I got to figure out the order here. I feel like the order is important. So we're going okay. pure size intimidation standpoint. I'm throwing Braun Strowman in there. Oh, good one! All by himself, if we're being honest. That's a good smart um, pick. That's and they could be. They don't have to be now, Kurt. They could be in their prime as well. Okay, noted, noted. Um, hmm. Strowman's a good pick because that is a huge, terrifying man. So you've got legit size and te- like terrifying ability. He's scream at you. Yeah, big, big ogre scream. So that's a good one. Braun's a good one. Hmm, I'm trying to think. Um, hmm. So 
I'm, I, I'm, I think I'm going to go like one from, I think I'm going to go like current. I think I'm going to go one like era I watched and one like throwback, throwback. Perfect. I love that this is the toughest question out of the 70 I asked you. This is oh, my favorite part. You know it. I don't know if this is something you ask everybody or what, but I feel like my answer's got to stand up. I agree. Hey, dude, you, I, you're, you've already done such a great job. We're going out on a high note. Who were the other two? Um, I'm going to throw, just in terms of longevity, in terms of, I, 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 I guess I'm just going for an intimidation factor. I'm throwing The Undertaker in there. Oh, great. Six foot, like seven, eight. Um, legit. Also trained in the art of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like he fucks around, does some Gracie stuff. Great choice. Hmm. Uh, we're gonna go. We're, we're gonna go. Purple gloves, Undertaker. We're gonna go. American badass, like biker taker. Which which version? I'm thinking. I'm thinking a little. A little boneyard. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch that from this year? That was so yeah, great. Yeah, so I watched. Me, me and a <laughs> friend watched. That was not as good as the the ridiculousness that was the uh, Firefly Funhouse match. But I loved it. I loved that it. it's cr- oh, like. It was I, great. We were. Yeah. Dying. Cause I'm a, uh, I, I like AEW. I don't watch much. I'm like you, man. I'll do Mania, Rumble. I watch a lot of AEW and like independent stuff. Sure. But the fact that uh, the no fans got WWE to be so creative, that shit. <laughs> when Undertaker showed up on AJ Styles, he's like, "Come on, boy, I thought you were tough," and he like tra- tra- teleports behind him on the like the backloader. Oh, dude, it was Chef's Kiss. Wonderful TV. Um, all right, so we're going Boneyard Taker. And- <laughs> this is not going to be, I don't think, an especially unique pick. It's not going to be a unique pick at all. But I feel like, I, I mean, I have to truly I have to pick the man who made professional wrestling the national phenomenon that it was and still is. I, I have to throw Hulk Hogan in there. Not bad, dude. The size is legit. And if we're talking like late 80s Hogan. Just I love pump- Rey Mysterio, but I ain't picking no Rey Mysterios on this team. We got to win a fight. No, we got to kick ass, man. See, we're going like WrestleMania three, roided to the areolas, Hulk Hogan, just tits full of oh, juice. Um, <laughs> so we're going Hulk. We're going Boneyard Taker. We're going Braun Strowman. I like it. I think those are three great picks, and I think uh, I think that other barbershop quartets they're leaving in a stretcher. I I tend to agree, and I don't think I'd have to do much either. I think I could just sit back. You just, dude, you could just be, you could be Bobby the Brain, man, just ordering them around. Oh, it wouldn't no even doubt. be. Oh, Kurt, thank you so much, my friend. Is there anything else that you want to say? I feel like we've said it all. I had a, I had a wonderful time. Would you, would you come back? I'd like to have you back on once all this craziness is over. Whenever, man, just let me know. I'll be here. Have all right, Kurt. You're a good dude. Um, I appreciate it. Please, honestly, like he said, TallahasseeDemocrat.com. Be a subscriber and read all of Kurt's great stuff. And uh, Kurt, we really appreciate it, my man. Thank you so much. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, buddy. Oh, Richie, that made my that was wonderful. I love the guests prepare. The guests prepare for the wrestling the wrestling onslaught. Richie, I got to get off the call. I'm gonna go make some chicken Alfredo for the fam. Is there anything that you would like to get off your chest before we end another, another great quarantine edition of the Rollcast? Man, it, it was good. I, I will just say I think that Kurt was much better prepared than Coach Atkins was for some NCAA 14, but <laughs> still a— What the—oh, <laughs> my so God. I, I, wow. so, so, Trey, I Go turned ahead. it off 
like he was getting blown it was that out. bad I'm like, huh? what the fuck i didn't is going it. on and then i wake up this morning i'm you know messing around on twitter he lost i think it was 45 to 42 i'm like damn that could have been a pretty entertaining second half but oh it was ugly to start i just didn't get the choices right like if you're gonna have if you're gonna try to get like people to watch people play video games right I need charisma, and I don't know if Alex Atkins like oozes charisma. I don't know if Wally Ame oozes charisma. Maybe they did. Were they like a super animated when you watch them play, Richie, or was it like what the fuck? Why the fuck did we pick these two guys out of literally anybody in the world? Right? Like so, they could have had anybody. So a couple things from watching. So Wally, I think, was more like, man, this guy kind of sucks. Like he was into it at first. <laughs> But the best part was Wally was he was wearing his Independence Walk-On's full shirt and for the oh, no. for it. Yeah. And I, I think Coach Atkins, I think he was just too hyper-focused, man. Because I think he does have a lot of charisma. You, you hear these O-line recruits, they love him. But he was just su- super focused. My wife's like, what's wrong with this guy? Like, why is he, like, not talking? <laughs> like, like, even her, she's like, uh, doesn't understand it. But it, it, it was... You know, kudos to FSU football for doing something, you know, outside of the norm. I think they posted today they had over 36,000 people watch it. So probably a better attendance than the spring game would have had even without the coronavirus. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was it was fun. Ouch. You know, <laughs> Ouch. It was no, it was it was fun. It was a good idea. So I, I don't want to Florida State social media. Social media has taken a turn for the better in so many ways. And I think this is part of it as well. But like you said, it you'd have loved. I don't even know what what coach you would have picked to just be super charismatic. Um, maybe put him up against like a Greg Reed or someone that that's going to talk yeah, shit. Yeah, somebody that can but, talk some shit, man. But yeah, at the same time, I, it, was, it, it was good. You know, it's for what they were working with and something that's ever been done. I, I'll, I'll give them kudos because it's it wasn't the most entertaining product when it actually happened. But I really liked the idea. The execution could use a little work. Is that, um, yeah, like I said, I, I, far be it from me. Like it's tough circumstances, anything that they can do outside of the box. That isn't like, like an abject failure. That's not embarrassing from a social media standpoint. I'm all about, they also released a video that was like really top notch. I was really impressed by the video that FSU football released. So kudos to them before. Is that something that we could do? Like, could you play NCAA or could we like do something on Twitch where I could do like commentary, like where I could just get my play by play chops going? Is that something that we could work on, Richie, in the background just to give the people a little bit of a a, a little bit of a tease for future projects? Oh, easily. So NCAA, for those that don't know, NCAA 14 was the last release of the game. So I just need to get an Xbox 360. No biggie. I can get one of those for like. 45 50 bucks but the game itself is like one it's like 130 what? on ebay just for the game so I, I have some feelers out i think i'm gonna get the game um and we may be able to do something you know similar to you know barstool in uh big cat that that was fun man i don't know if you followed coach doug's and his his uh bit, as the yeah. offensive coordinator <laughs> he he left us to go to usc so you know thank you coach doug's yeah. appreciate all you did but no, I, I'm working on I'm working on getting it, and we can do like a Twitch. You know, it'd be like maybe once every other week. It wouldn't be a lot, but I don't think either of our wives would allow that. Um. No, it wouldn't be much. <laughs> I would just I'd love to do like I'd love to do roll cast like play by play on something. And I'm a I'm a, a self admitted Twitch like dumbass. I don't know really how it works, but um, stay tuned, guys. Who knows? We could be broadcasting from the 
the Rollcast, the Rollcast Studios. <laughs> who fucking knows? Anyway, who knows where we're going to go, man? The quarantine is going to drive us all slowly into madness. And anyway, with that being said, guys, another phenomenal edition of the Rollcast, if I do say so myself. For the super producer, Richie Barnes, the glue that holds this fucking crazy ship together, I am your dumb as shit host, Trey Roland. Thank you all for listening. Guys, go on iTunes, five stars. Tell your friends. Tell everybody you like. Listen to the Rollcast. We appreciate it because we love all you guys. Stay safe. Stay sane. And we'll be speaking with you soon. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.